I have just found out why there is picture in picture Paul. Um, okay. And if if you're if you're curious, go to type into Google. Um, this is for all the the pop saga pals out there. The Diamond Center TV spot with with Paul, uh, comma musical, comma nineteen eighty nine. Um, Paul is singing a duet with Paul. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Because he's on the TV singing, and then it. He's on the TV initially, then he checks in, and he does the whole thumbs over to himself. Yep. Yeah. 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 It, From the okay. airwaves. Is Paul a really good singer? Might be. <laughs> or is this a is this a dub job? I mean, I'm I mean, I'm I'm a credit man. <laughs> That's no. yep. Uh, I, I'm a okay, you know what? Man, yeah. I'm, I'm really man. I'm really hoping that quote unquote quote Paul is quote unquote still alive because uh, I would love to have Paul be the lead singer of uh, Picture Pegasus. <laughs> I love I love how much credit that you gave this at least in your memory that they were kind of like moving him around. That is the most generous interpretation of what's happening here as he sort of stiffly flails in their arm and they very laboriously carry him slowly back and forth in front of the Diamond Center desk. I'll tell you what, John. Mm. If this, if I was an adult in this time period, I would have really leveraged myself into a bad spot buying diamonds for Paul here. I think I would have been so charmed by these commercials. Yeah, I'm thankful I was just a child. Yeah, I would have taken a cash-out refi and just <laughs> gone down to Paul's Diamond Center. Oh, man, quote-unquote, Paul, you've got yourself a quote-unquote deal. Let's go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans. Uh huh. You don't really wanna miss pop soccer. Stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the '90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds keep it so entertaining. Hey, pop soccer. Hey there, Pop Saga pals, and welcome to another electrifying episode of your beloved podcast, where we take a deep dive into the ever-shifting tides of popular culture. This week, we've got an absolute gem for you. As we sail right through the heart of the season, we're setting off on an exhilarating forage to a distant galaxy, none other than the legendary Star Wars realm. Yes, indeed, folks, get ready to catch up with one of the galaxy's most cherished characters, Ahsoka, as she continues her epic saga in the Disney Plus series. But before we plunge headfirst into lightsabers and the mystical force, let's give credit where it's due. In our last episode, we promised a wrap-up at the end of Ahsoka's story. Let's take a moment to tip our hats to Forrest for his impressive ability to pivot on the fly. I'm your host, John, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Forrest. Now... Without any delay, grab your go-to snack, get cozy, and let's sit sell on this mid-season odyssey with Ahsoka. Whether you're a diehard Star Wars enthusiast or simply intrigued by all the buzz, we're about to hit light speed and dive into the latest ex-excapades, ex, ex, uh, I almost did this perfectly, of Ahsoka right here, right now. 
That's it. Hey. There you go. You know, uh, pretty perfect as far as I'm concerned. I do little flubs and a little trip over my lines all the time, and I, I you know, it's, you know what? It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about it. I mean, Good, I, uh, I, a little worried. I mean, a little worried about it because, you know, you're oh. trying to do the intro. You're trying to be all... You know, like, you never know who's listening. This could be anybody's first episode, so I want to leave a good impression, and then here I am all like, escapades. And I'm like, but the word doesn't want to come out. No matter how I want to say it, it was like, escapades. Oh, yes, escapades. escapades. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I love uh, I love going to escapades on vacation. <laughs> it Definitely, definitely. They have those views. Yes, the views, yes, oh. the beaches oh, at yeah. Escapede. <laughs> yeah, and they have the, 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 the local dish that everyone gets at Escapede. Oh, my God, yes, the, that mm -hmm. local delicacy of oh. Escapede. <laughs> it's, it's, second, it's second to none. The, the, the only thing I don't like about Escapedes is the huh? stairs, a lot of stairs. That's true. It's it's a charming part of Escapides, but at the same time, we know you're you're well. Um, you are well. Uh, people are are well versed in the fact that you and stairs are are sort of mortal enemies. Yes. Yes. You don't care for them. No, I. And let's look. Let's be honest. People hop on our Discord. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think most people like stairs. Right. Is there any? Yeah, that's a really good point. Do you think there's anybody out there who's just <laughs> like, oh, you know what my favorite thing in the world is? Stairs. I love them. I love how you can go up. You know what I mean? You can of elevate or down. Yeah, you go either direction. You know, but I mean, going downstairs is palpable. Sure. Going upstairs is like, depending it's on Palpatine. why, is Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. Especially you when you're going, you're going upstairs, and you're just uh -huh. like, "Do I gotta go to the bathroom? <laughs> oh, I better hurry up these stairs." Did they gotta hustle you? Up? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta watch out. Uh, stairs plus like an urgent bathroom situation can spell quote unquote uh, disaster. Quote unquote, yes, quote unquote disaster. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun with quotes and quotes on today's show. And maybe people will know, and maybe they won't. It really depends on what gets into the cold open. Yeah, I'm feeling a little froggy. I don't know what's going to make it. Is, yeah. is it going to be the last thing we were talking about? Or is yeah. it going to be the other thing that we were talking about? I don't know. There's a lot of fun stuff in there. A lot of fun so. stuff. A lot so. of stuff that is just left on the cutting room floor that people never get to experience. That's our secret. Those are our secret treasures, and you're not allowed to see them. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I wonder now. Hear uh, me out. Yeah. Hear me out. What if I was to, at some point... Okay. Hear me out now. Here, Are you listening? All right. No. Oh, wait. Okay, no, I stop? No, I'm, right. I'm back. I'm back in. All right. Good. I'm glad you're listening. Thank you. What if I was to take all the time we record before... Uh-huh. We, like, where we, you know, where we get, where I find the cold opens. Sure. What if I was just to take that all raw, for the most part, and do volumes of that? Yeah, that would be, I mean, that would be great. It does sound like a lot of work. Yeah, because I think even within that, there's probably some stuff I'd have to cut. There's definitely, listen, yeah. listen. Yeah. Listen, uh, everyone out there knows John and I, couple of good boys. Yep, that's but, true. But sometimes we talk about stuff that 
is confidential and can't yeah, be put true. on air. That's true. I've gotten the, I've gotten in the habit of not doing that anymore. I hit record bef- after we get that out of the way. Yeah, I try to get out of the system. Want, right, I don't even want it out there. I don't even want yeah. it on the airways. Yeah, that's true. You never know. You never know when we, when we're. I mean, we could be. Imagine that we were, we're so popular, and then hackers mm-hmm. are targeting us at every turn. Cyber oh, I mean, criminals. I mean, I can't handle a hacker. Yeah, they're just surfing over the internets, and they're trying to find out where we're at and what's going on. We don't look. We can't. Um, we just don't think we have to defend against that kind of thing. So nothing, nothing. I don't know what a firewall is. I guess I could light one of my walls on fire. I, I don't. Yeah, know. I that did. It cost me a lot of money. Did not oh. stop the hackers. Did oh not stop well, hackers. good. I'm glad. I'm glad you performed the science, so I know the result. Right. But At least there's some learning that came out of it. Yeah. I'm look. I'm terrified of anyone who works on a computer in a dark room with sunglasses on. Oh, oh yeah, because right? it's hard to see in the dark with sunglasses on. And they how, got them on anyway. They got them on, and they're hacking. Right, right. Well, it's because they have that really high contrast screen with a green kanji that just falls from the top. Right. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I figure if you're not hacking that way, then you're not a real hacker. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Or, or. Uh, if you were going to go for a little earlier reference, maybe you're flying through a landscape of, of cyan cubes, and on those cubes the data is stored uh, to uh, steer oil tankers. I think that was I think that was the thing that happened at the end of Hackers. I, I don't know. You, now now you Zero might... Cool is going to be after me. Yeah, you know what? Let's uh, uh, we love our hacker overlords. Please leave us alone. <laughs> Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, white hat, black hat, red hat, wherever you, whatever kind of ha- hat you got, hackers, uh, we're cool, right? Yeah, we're cool. We're good. We're cool. Phew, we've done it. Ooh, man, that was a, that was a that was a little, little spicy for a moment. It was a little dicey for a second there, but we turned it around. Don't you worry about a thing. Indeed, indeed. Um, well, uh, you know, I think, John, I think it is time for the one and only most favoritist segment of all of our segments that everyone tunes in for, that people are sur- surely to, uh, they're on the edge of their seat. They're like, when will these, when will these yahoos stop mm-hmm. yapping their flaps and get to the segment that I love? That's I do believe it is time for... What are you enjoying this evening? It's me, Greeblo. Greeblo is right. (laughs) Green hyphen blow. That's right, it's me, (laughs) Greeblo. Well, um, if Greeblo is... Are those ribbies you have there? Greeblo! <laughs> I'm scared of Greeblo. Uh, <laughs> it's a I... healthy fear of Greeblo. <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad. I'm going to sate that fear with what I'm drinking tonight. Oh! Yeah. So, this is Negroni week, so I made myself a Negroni. 
Oh, great. Yep. So this has a little vermouth, a little Campari, and probably more gin than is recommended. I think they recommend normally a ounce and a half, and I got about two and a half ounces in here. Nice. Um, yeah, but... Oh, and an aviation gin. That's the gin I'm using. A Campari... I forget who made that one, and I forget who made my vermouth, but they come in real fancy bottles, so there you go. Well, I'm going to give this a try. See how it goes. Oh. <laughs> yep, tastes like a Negroni. Oh, great. How are you liking your drink? It's good, Greblo. It's good. Oh, fantastic. You're a great uh, bartender. Oh, that, you are too kind. By the way, you like this music? I mean, I do. It's blowing my eardrums out of the... It's a little, uh, <laughs> it's a little loud? You, know, you want me to... Uh, yeah, okay, hold on. If, if Greblo can uh-huh. turn the volume Greblo... Oh, just a little bit. I see what you did there, and I love it. Anyway, That's hold cool. on. Hey, Max! Turn down the jizz! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. And um uh, <laughs> So what did Greblo serve you? Oh, thanks. Thanks, Greblo. No problem. I'm out of here before my voice dips into something offensive. Um uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Um so uh I have a uh a light beer tonight, and oh. I'm going real macro with it. Uh, this is my favorite light beer um, that they got out there, uh, and it's Miller Light. That's right, Miller Light, a fine Pilsner beer in the 16th ounce uh, variety. I don't know what it is about Miller Light that I like so much in comparison to all the other light beer. I've had Bud Light, I like that fine. Coors Light is. I can't. It's uh, you know, if you like Coors Light, all power to you. I can't do it. Um, uh, Corona Light is just like what? Heineken is awful. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, Miller Light really works for me. It's my favorite. You know, forgive me, but it's my favorite sort of trash beer. Um, uh, so here we go. Ah, all right. You know, what's weird about Miller Lite is it has a decent uh, head on it. Yeah, and but then it, it tastes like corn. That's a that's the case with a lot of macro bloggers, but I I find the flavor of uh, Miller Lite to be quite uh, quite good. And I, yeah, I don't, it might be because my very first beer ever was an MGD. Ah. Uh... So maybe it's just like sort of a sense memory thing, and I'm kind of like you know having my ratatouille moment. Um, Did someone say ratatouille? Oh, there he comes. Oh, uh, Greblo, you gotta get off this podcast. This is really—I'm feeling very uncomfortable with your the way that you sound. Yeah, Greblo's gonna get us green canceled. <laughs> you sound like my mom. Gotta go. Oh, okay, thank God. Go deal with the jizz music. <laughs> Boy, thank you, George Lucas, for that wonderful gift of calling it that. Um, so I, so we had a joke. 
fantastic. Yeah, like you, you had to know, right? Like, I don't think that be. was this. I don't think it was the slang at the time. Oh no way! Come on, no or, way. If or if it was a slang, I don't think that Lucas was aware of it because he's not. You know, Lucas puts like tuckerizations of people's names and different like little allusions to things. And it's often, you know, not too subtle. It's just like maybe a few words flipped around and uh, and, and, and that. But he's never been just be like, he's never like the the Jedi. Uh, the Jedi eat a special food to keep their force up. It's called poop. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. He's he's never operated in the blue lane Mm-mm. or intentionally is, in the blue lane. This is him being like. Yes, it sounds like jazz. It's not jazz. It's jizz. I take the A, place with an I. Just a, just literally just an unfortunate uh, circumstance of replacing. It's got to be. It's got to yeah. be. Although, if they, ever, if, if they ever have him come back, and he's doing a new Star Wars movie, and then Max Rebo is back, and then they're like, Hey, Max, what kind of songs are you playing over there? And he's like, boo, 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 boo. It's called Skeet. Oh yeah, <laughs> then yeah. you'll know. Yeah, then we then we then we know. Oh no, then I guess it would, be, it would have to be like Screet. <laughs> I like that. He's playing that Screet. Listen that Screet music. That's that sounds good. It's the same. It's the same shit. Isn't that jizz? No, it's Screet. Get out of here. Get on that. It's Max Rebo with Screetix. Well, um, John, I think we should go ahead and, and invoke the spoiler witch. Yep. Uh, but before you do, okay. Um, let's see. Warning: the falling will falling will contain full spoilers for Ahsoka, Episode Five, Season One. Okay, go ahead. Spoilers! Spoilers! Double boilers. Cauldrons burn and secrets bubble. They have to, of course, and yeah, of course they in they the rites and passages handed down to us by our right ancestors. The spoiler which yeah. has been invoked, and we will be safe uh, tonight. Oof. Ooh. It's always it's always kind of dicey until we press that. To be honest, I, I'm sweating bullets. I'm sweating bullets. I can see you skittering, skittering around uh, under the bed, and I, uh, I don't know. I, you never know, because you know, once you go get dragged to her, to the the realm of the spoiler, which you're never coming back. So that's it. And then, like, I'm having to find a new uh, co-host, and that's just yeah. And that takes work. like 20 seconds. So you've got other stuff you got to be doing. Yeah, I mean, I got other things I could do. That I got to find. Like, I'd have to find someone. And be like, hey, do you want you want to do this thing with me? Um, yeah, you just gotta watch this thing and uh, talk about how you feel about it, but don't don't dress it up. Just just talk how you normally would talk. Whatever you say, John. Oh goddamn, people! <laughs> I'm on the, I'm on the bench. <laughs> Put me in, coach. Greenblow's time to shine. Um. Oh no, man, no. If I'm I know who my co-host is. I'm getting the oh. Hyundai Daily City guy. Oh shit. Oh, of course. Yeah, but you gotta. No, yeah, of course. But he's in the. He's yeah, because he's in the car already. Yeah, I don't even need, like. I don't him. need to go far. I just need to go outside. And be like, hey, you want to come inside somewhere? 
Um, Inside, you say. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You got a, a bigger car, or <laughs> how does that work? Well, you could think of my place like a car. Oh, great, because I'm going to anyway. But yeah, thanks fair. for the permission. Now it's not weird. Yeah, exactly. You know, versus all those times I used to come into your house without permission. What? That's right. I'd put, I'd take little cardboard circles and I'd put them on the side of the house just to make me feel at home. Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah, now you know where the cardboard circles came from anyway. Undying Daily City. Was it the voice I even did? Yeah, I think it's close enough. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Oh, love the energy on today's uh, today's show. And it's a silly energy, John, because as you pointed out in the intro, I did a silly thing where just last episode I said, hey, we'll be coming back at the end of Ahsoka to talk about Ahsoka. And then I saw season one, episode five, uh, Shadow Warriors. and yeah. uh, Or Warrior, singular, Shadow Warrior. Um, and uh, I said we have to talk about this on the episode i've got thoughts or at least i've got feelings i don't know if i have thoughts yeah you 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 threw that you threw the flag the yellow flag you called an audible that's right yeah all the euphemisms for changing the plan which is fine which is fine i saw Mm -hmm. the episode and was like i have a feeling for us we want to talk about this but I'll wait for him to tell me. Oh, he did. He just did. He just <laughs> he told me. Okay, good enough. <laughs> wow. Do you have the access to the the world between worlds? Sure. If you call the world between worlds, I just know how you think. I see. Yeah, I just, see. Yeah. Good yeah. old predictable grieve. I mean, forced. <laughs> <laughs> I've been found out. Um, let's see. Uh, I heard some wild theories before watching this episode, John. After last week's episode, uh, well, oh yeah, after last week's episode and and the apparent, you know, apparent quote unquote uh, death of Ahsoka, we no one believed that she was actually dead, but indeed um, that was the intention, I think, or at least. This it was meant to be the suggestion, and mm-hmm. uh, I saw some wild theories about how she would come back, because it seemed very much like she was dead. Certainly, uh, certainly, um, Skull, Balin Skull would have uh, sensed her alive had had she not been gone. But um, the immediate theory that I saw was. They're like, okay, Ahsoka's return will finally pay off uh, a Clone Wars mystery. Okay. Um, so they posited, the person who wrote the article and, and put forth this theory, is that they posited because of the events that happen on the, uh, I think it's a two-episode arc that takes place on Mortis. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, with the uh, sort of the, the two brother, bees. the daughter, and mm-hmm. and the, they, the dad yeah. exactly. They right. they uh, they represent the the light and the dark side of the force, respectively. Um, and then the, the brother balance. kind of looks like well, the Inquisitors a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. That that was always that's that. I think that threw a couple of people for a loop when all of a sudden in Rebels you see this Inquisitor, you're like, what? Fuck the Mortis right. guy? This ain't right. 
He's yeah. gonna kick their ass. Yeah, he's he's pretty powerful. I mean, it took a, it took like Anakin and then like Ahsoka and then a bunch of other stuff later. But like, yeah, no, um, yeah, I think it's yeah. The the brother is dark side. The the sister is light side, and then the dad's like the balance between the two of them or something like that. Yeah, he's like the he's they're the two sides of the scale. He's the pole that he holds the sides up basically. Yeah. Is how I remember it anyway. Anyway, I love those episodes. They're very metaphysical and weird. Um, yeah. But uh, they were saying because Ahsoka dies in that episode when she's young and then is brought back by the sister, that the um, the connection to Mortis and the sister would allow her to resurrect, um, which I thought was a pretty wild theory. Yeah, no, that's a little too out there. Even even for the stuff that they've kind of exhibited, that'd be a little that'd be a little too much. Yeah, and at the same time, though, it's this is that is a a Filoni creation, Mortis and the like. Um, so it's not True. like totally outside of the realm of possibility. But uh, as we know now, spoilers, spoilers, double spoilers. Uh, the that is not how she is resurrected. Um, Apparently, you just choose to be resurrected. <laughs> I I think um, sometimes maybe when the 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 force, depending on the person, the force is like a Green Lantern ring, like right. Uh-huh. So like if you get knocked out in space, it's not like the ring stops working. The ring works to keep you alive in space, especially if you can't breathe it. Maybe the force did the same thing while she was in the water. Which is okay, like, so this is like a, a Princess Bride thing. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, little so bit. she was she wasn't. Uh, completely dead. She the she was a little bit alive, and so they put like a uh, Mar- they went to Miracle Max and they <laughs> put yeah, a date down her throat. Yeah, they're like, okay, we'll we'll get her back in a couple hours. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go back. Creepy little Damien, Jason kid will hear lightsabers in the waves and mm, yeah, that'll, that'll be very enough. interested to talk about that scene when we get to it. Um, That's- but. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm. I mean, look from that last episode into Shadow Warrior, like, yeah, there was a lot. You know, you you were hit with a lot. I mean, the the, the Merrick theories all turned out to be bust because he was just a force fart. Literally went up in smoke. Yeah, the, all the theories literally went up in smoke <laughs> when Maris, uh, Merrick, uh, Merrick, what the heck is his name? He's Merrick. Like, Merrick. Merrick. Okay. Yeah. When when Merrick is uh, sliced across the midsection and uh, black smoky stuff comes out, yeah, he made he, so the 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 sound design in in that one was interesting because he made a sound like when the zombie um, Dathomir like creations would die. It I swear it sounds exactly like they're like horrific scream where it's like Rawr! it sounded the same when he was force farting out of the armor so i wonder if he was like some sort of reincarnated inquisitor oh could uh, be type of thing yeah that would make sense with the timeline uh, being what it is right because this is post fall of the empire so the, the inquisitors would have been long gone so maybe the maybe we had the the the, the newly minted daughter of Dathomir. Maybe she 
resurrected yeah, resurrected them or something like i don't think we're gonna get we're either gonna get this paid off somewhere where like you see you're resurrecting a bunch of other inquisitors and stuff like at some point or we're gonna get nothing for it my hope Merit is we get nothing back. or he just doesn't and that was just it so everyone like all it was was just like um and headline bait that's all that's all Merrick was it's just like yeah let's put a dude in a mask and let's, we're gonna get some wild ass theories people are gonna think it's ezra that won't make no sense people are gonna think it's kanan that won't make no sense people will think it's luke skywalker for some reason that definitely won't make no sense people will uh, think people think it's luke the clone luke. of luke skywalker <laughs> yeah like you know some people be like maybe it's the fucking um goddamn uh, maybe it's Thrawn. You learn the Force. Maybe it's reincarnated Dooku. I've been here all the time. Yeah, like it, there's so many things that went up in smoke, and then how that one ended with her and uh, you know Anakin. You're like, oh, they're in that place in between, and it's Anakin. Oh my God, wait, what happened to his face? And then you're just like, well, <laughs> let's get us into Shadow Warriors. Yeah. So how are you feeling? I have to ask you, how are you feeling about the the series as it stands now? I know when when last uh we checked in with our uh with us. When the last you checked uh, the audience checked in with us. Um we were cautiously, I would say cautious, semi-optimistic, uh excited about the parts we were excited about, but overall kind of like, oh, I don't know. How are you feeling now? A little better little better i think episodes uh episodes four and five helped and yeah. th- three did some things but four and five did a lot of the lifting like we got really cool fighting if, uh, between ahsoka and skull right like episode four like that fight was w- wonderful like a lot of the combat in that was wonderful um really going to miss Ray Stevenson just in general because he truly he you know he he gives it you know even uh, Heather in the discord called it out as um you know has like this really knight look and we call that out too where they look more like medieval knights but it really works for him and so th- that jazzed me up and then you know g- getting into the place in between or whatever and seeing you know Hayden Christensen I was like oh, okay all right you're, you 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 Money was really no object for this, this series. It seems like you know they're like, let let let's bring in the people people are going to see. Let's wrap up some things, and then five just was just, uh, you know, five made me go okay. I got to see six. You know, yeah. I, I got to see how this ends now. They hit the gas for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, in general, I'm on. I'm 100 on board now. Any of uh, any of the misgivings I had melted away pretty easily. There was some maybe some awkward stuff in that first episode, but truly, everyone has kind of settled into their roles, and they're they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, and uh, now I'm just on. I'm bo- I'm on board. I'm on board for the the ride. The wherever the ride takes us. Um, so. Good job, Ahsoka. This is what I said, at the, I think, during the, our first episode uh, recap, was that you don't, you can't bet against that hat-wearing genius himself, Dave Filoni, uh, because he, like, even when things, even with the Clone Wars and Rebels as well, 
those are both Star Wars series and cartoons that I love. They're just mm-hmm. they ended up having like just a really special place in my heart for both of those series. And I didn't like either of them all that much at the start. But you are really paid with his work, you are paid off sticking with it for the most part, I think. He's he yeah, totally. Look, I'm with you. Uh 100% it took me a while to warm up to Clone Wars. And then when I was like, wow, Clone Wars is amazing. And then I saw Rebels. I was like, oh, I can't stand the way that looks uh, initially. I was just like, oh, why'd they do that? Why didn't they just bring over that Clone Wars aesthetic? And that would have worked. But and then I then I saw it was like on Disney XD. I was like, oh, it's, you know, this is meant for kids, kids type of thing. Yeah, you know, watch that. I was like, "Oh no, never mind. It's not. This is this is good old for John too. I can sit down, and have myself a good time watching this, and it mm-hmm. just masterful work." The the thing with Filoni is it just takes him time to get going. Like you got to give the pieces, you know, time to settle before yeah. you start seeing the whole uh, the the whole what the puzzle like kind of reveals. And he's really good at it. I mean. You know, a lot of people give Lucas some guff over the, uh, you know, the prequels and the, you know, and all that stuff. But I mean, this is a wonderful, creative, imaginative world that has captivated generations at this point. And to think Filoni got to sit with that man and talk to him and ask him questions that you as a fan might want to be able to ask George Lucas to kind of understand his thought process and stuff. He got all of that Mm -hmm. so he's taking all of this and probably even concepts that george lucas just thought about that never even remotely touched star wars and he's injecting it into this in some form or fashion so like yeah dude is dude is solid he's creative i mean if you are a big fan of you know avatar as well he did he helped with a lot of that too in terms of like directing the episodes and stuff so he's got a really like a good sense of style and Avatar: The Last Airbender. Right? Avatar: yeah. The Last Airbender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not the, not the blue planet people. Right. <laughs> not yeah. the the Navi. Not the um, Navi. Yeah, I couldn't remember their. Uh... It's funny. It seems like that's the one movie, James Cameron movie, that I block out, and I definitely don't ever really quote or think about. Hmm. Yeah. I liked it when I saw it. Uh, you know, uh, in 3D in the theaters. It was a. It was quite an experience. I, I should have done that. Instead, I walked by it on Best Buy where someone had it playing at 244 hertz and it looked dreadful so that I just waited to watch it at home. And yep. I was like, this movie isn't very good. I'll just watch Aliens. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, uh, both James Cameron masterpieces, but uh, yeah. Uh, Filoni's got the touch. Uh, he tells a, a deft and wonderful story and um, the basically the heir apparent to the, the Lucas way of making Star Wars, if, uh, if rumors are to be elite, believed. Um, but uh, we start this episode... Like we start so many forlorn episodes with a lot of sad music and slow pans over beautiful vistas. We got trees, uh, crimson trees bathed in mist. We've got uh, a shot of uh, Ahsoka's starship, you know, just kind of sitting in a field. And then um, uh, we get actually a lot with Hera and Jason. Um mm-hmm. 
And um, let me ask you this question. This uh, so the only I you know there's a lot of I liked about this episode. I think the, uh, I can only have I only really have nits to pick here and there. Um, I felt this episode. I felt the presence of the volume. Now, if you're not familiar out there, you haven't heard us talk about it before. The volume is a gigantic um, uh, cylindrical screen that uh, movie productions, mainly Disney productions, as far as I can tell, use um, with virtual sets in order to uh, create a situation where like, the lighting is one for one what it will be in the uh, the virtual set, the set that's made in the computer. Um, by projecting it on the walls all around our actors. But the, the only thing is it's a limited amount of space and it doesn't often have uh, elevation changes. So you have a lot of people just walking across flat surfaces. Um, and I really felt that in this episode. Maybe it doesn't really matter, but... The, the thing that really tipped me off to it at the beginning and kind of broke my immersion was the scene of after Hera has, has uh, landed the ghost next to this, uh, this big um, Dathomir um, map projector, I guess. <laughs> Stone yeah, map projector. Ancient, ancient yeah, pictogram or something. Yeah, yeah whatever this, this. It's a lot of, like temple ruins that are just used for i guess studying the studying the pergil migration somebody got a grant from a uh institute of higher learning or something to do do this yeah it sounds about right i mean it seems like it's it's a very specific place with a very specific set of things that you do there other than that it's nothing but red trees and water yeah um but there's a scene where we see the ghost's ramp is uh, down, and Jason and Chopper sort of walk into the scene screen from in the depths of the ghost, and it really looks like a weird CG version of that kid that with his face sort of superimposed on it. Now I don't want to be definitive about this because if it is indeed this actor, there is nothing like strange about it. But there was something. It kind of got my CG sense tingling a little bit. Because once he gets to the door of the ghost, it's him. But like oh. walking up, it's like it, it looks strange, a little bit. I mean, good point. I didn't, I didn't notice it myself because I was too. Uh, I guess I, even at that point, I was enthralled with what was going to happen next. You know, yeah. like in terms of what it was, I wasn't paying attention to that background. I think the volume. I like the volume a lot, especially since. It allows them not just to have like an immersive environment, but immersive environment that renders in real time. And that's, I think is probably the technological marvel of it is that it's able to put up a fair amount of the, the environment. So it makes you feel like you're in there and like you were calling out the light, it it can have the sun exactly where you want the sun and all that stuff. I think in episodes like this, it's the perfect use of the volume because it's it's fairly self-contained even though in this instance you know it's a giant open environment i think it 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 works because there's not a lot of 
textural details because you're not dealing with a bunch of buildings you're just dealing with like repeated leaves and all that stuff so i, I think it works on that end but yeah I, I, I didn't notice weird uh cg jason i was just happy to see jason if that makes sense uh, absolutely it's a i mean if you're a rebels fan it's great to see jason uh have they ever addressed why he's not more twilic nope just has green hair. Yeah, has green hair, and for in Clone Wars, no, I think in Rebels, no, not excuse me, in Bad Batch, you come across a clone that married a Twi'lek, and when you see their kids, they both have Leku and stuff. Maybe, hmm. it, maybe it's there for some, but not for all. Interesting. Um, I know in the end of Rebels, when they so show Jason, he just looked like like a little Kanan pretty much so yeah i just i just went with it i said okay i guess that's how that works i guess they're like we can't we need him to have hair but he can't have hair and leku yeah i think the i think honestly i don't know i can't even really think if we've ever had like kid kids wearing like twilik leku live live action because i think that would just be oddly for lack of a better term unsettling <laughs> you know, like, cause head would look a lot bigger and would probably be less kid-like versus, you know, yeah. like the, the green hair, he's all scampy. You know, he's walking around, he's got his dad's pauldron on his right arm, you know, type of thing. I guess that survived the explosion Jeez. or something. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he just took it out of the wreckage. Yeah. Oh, oh, ooh, look, you know what? Don't look, Jason, real quick. I need to clean something off here. Flump. Yeah, that's a little this. bit of Caden shoulder in there. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. What, what is oh, that? Oh, jeez, why didn't he make a suit? Why didn't he wear a suit made of this stuff? <laughs> yeah, this thing. The shoulder survived. Is that a, uh, a bantha steak, Mom? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, it's a bantha steak. <laughs> uh, I have to say, I like Jason as a character. He's not like uh, I think many may have feared that he would be an annoying little kid character, but he's actually quite cool. Yeah, that is that is always the the uh, the scare, right? Like that's mm -hmm. always that's always the thing. Is like, is this going to be like another cousin Oliver type of thing, or yeah. are we gonna or, are we getting like a Punky Brewster? Is this going to be cool kid or what? I don't know. I but, went with those two, but there you go. That's why I decided. Happy to report, Jason is a hundred percent Brewster. <laughs> that'll be our that'll be our rating. Our rating for uh, for plucky children sidekicks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's like uh, he rem like he the actor who is doing uh, this uh, by the name of uh, Evan Witten. Evan Witten, exactly, uh, is doing a really good. Uh, it, it's already. It's always hard to. It's always hard to to like figure out with child actors because I can think of myself as that age, and I'm like, I was, I would. I, I was basically like, if you looked inside my brain at that age, it would just be like two monkeys playing ping pong. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, two, huh? <laughs> yeah, nice. No. Yeah, you're right. Just one. <laughs> just one, and he's confused. It's confused about why why there's no one hitting the ball back. No, um, but uh, uh, but this kid really seems to be playing a combination of Hera and. Uh, and uh, Kanan. 
There's something, his performance seems very nuanced and good. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, yeah. No, I, I like I said, I didn't have any... I didn't have any expectations. I It was just more like, okay, how do they advance this character along from, you know, the, the, the brief moment we caught him on Rebels and then a couple of the other ones. But, yeah, the kid does a great job. I think he's... Yeah. he's, he's there is a level of nuance and you know he's he's got that bit of adventure and adventure in him but you know also kind of being protected by his mom a lot so he's got a little bit of trepidation there but yeah. I, I think he's a great companion to chopper yeah that that pairing is just like very that's it's very well done i mean and chopper isn't like gruff around like chopper seems to care about him in a way that is kind of adorable and um yeah it is a it's a good it's a good darn performance and it definitely feels like a character who is super powerful in the force but has no one to train them on right. what that is or means right and you know the worst part is that if they they decide to go with well you need to go get some training and he goes off to luke's uh-oh that's <laughs> the end of that kid Sorry, kid. Sorry, yeah. Jason. Yeah. I, although, uh, I don't know. Maybe Jason will be back in the final episode. But after the events of this episode, I don't think... It doesn't seem like we'll be seeing Hera and Jason again uh, for a little bit. I feel like part of the wrap-up will probably in include them in some form or yeah. fashion. Not Last episode. Last episode, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But this is like... The thing is, the, the, the Thrawn arc probably doesn't get resolved in this series. No, I, we're getting Thrawn either episode, end of episode seven, and then eight. Yeah, because yeah, the movie that Filoni is, or Filoni is doing is, that's where the rumors say that that's where we'll get our Heir to the Empire remake. If I, you know, if I could get someone to say, yeah, they've already greenlit a season two. Like, I don't know if I've heard anyone flat out say that that has happened. No, then I think it, it leads right into the movie. You think it's just going to go right into the movie versus another season of Ahsoka? No, I, I, I do think that. I think what will happen is mm. we will get this season of Ahsoka, because even on Disney+, Plus, it's not called a series. It's called a event. It's like they, they labeled it the same way they did Obi-Wan. So they have like no... Mm, they no, have no, no commitment. Uh, exactly. No commitment to, and, and no obligation to return. Um, I think they do another season, or they do this season of Ahsoka. They do another season of Mando, and then they use that to roll right into the movie. I or mean, they uh, roll right into the movie, and they use um, Skeleton Crew as like the replacement for a, a Star Wars series. And forward. yeah, and then they. And then Filoni, right after this, is just starts developing the movie. I mean, he would be if the the strike wasn't going on. Um, and then, because they could, because Mando is at a perfect point to to start a new story, um, and could easily be found, you know, doing his his business uh, in his new house with Grogu, um, and 
I predict that this will this series will set up Ahsoka so that they are in the position to be to have their stories continued to, in a movie, um, which leaves Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> which yeah, surely... yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just let's just count that maybe he shows up in the movie, but they 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 they've canceled that uh, book series before it can get started past the first one. How much you want to bet? At the start of the movie, cold open of the movie, uh, before we see the title card, because it'll be a different kind of Star Wars movie, um, we, Boba Fett eats it. <laughs> yeah, he, he falls. He, he He's reminiscing. He goes to the dead Sarlacc pit and falls <laughs> in anyway. You and me, old Sarlacc-y. Oh! The sand is slipping. Why did I bring my... <laughs> Rocket pack. This <laughs> just whoa, 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 <laughs> and then the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. And All then right, the well. the mouth comes out, chomps him again, and then turns to the camera and goes, "Ain't I a stinker?" <laughs> the title card. Heir to the Empire. <laughs> I'd be like, "Well, this was a bold move." Bold, a bold move. move. Bold move. I mean. Uh, I mean, I guess it sounds right. I'll be really disappointed that I won't get more Thrawn, though. Like, I mean, I guess if we're, it's like this is Thrawn, heir to the Empire, and realistically, it's more about him, uh, you know, setting up the what do they call it in the fucking sequel trilogy again? Uh, the, the, the first order. The first order, yeah. And it's him setting up the bones of that. Okay, I'll allow it. Yeah, he, I, I, he definitely comes back to this galaxy and definitely has some hand in in the in the like uniting the disparate imperial remnant, just like in uh, *Heir to the Empire*. And then the First Order is a result of that. Um, though, if they do decide to do that, I I really hope that someone goes to talk to Palpatine at some point. Oh, <laughs> like I someone think... who. Who doesn't know? They wouldn't have like been able to like tell you know the rest of the first order, but like you know I don't know. Maybe Thrawn has like a one on one with Palpatine. That would be I would just I would just fall over. That would be fantastic. Oh, I think that would need to happen, right? Like it would have to be like maybe Palpatine. Maybe on okay, hear me out. Maybe on Thrawn's sh- ship that got you know bombarded to uh, uh, Pangea or wherever they went, uh, Pandan, uh, the name of the area where they're going to be traveling to. Yep, Panama. Um, Panama, yeah. Panama! Mm-hmm. Anyway, he had one of those cloning tubes, and it has oh. the emperor's body in it, and he just was trying to look at a way to wake him up. Yeah, could then, be, could be. You know, and then, like, maybe Ahsoka coming or whatever, Wakes up the clone emperor's body. He's like, now I must go to a super secret, even secret land that can only be found by weird devices that were, I guess, in Darth Vader's possession for some reason. But don't worry about it or whatever. That I'll be found at a later date. Darth Vader kept this wayfinder out in the forest on a pedestal. Why? Shut up. That's why. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, 
it, in my mind, it would be more like they would have a scene where Thrawn is like summoned to Exegol, and then they don't do anything else. Um, and maybe he's like, you know, maybe he's instructed by the Sith cultists that are there. Uh, maybe he meets Palpatine. Maybe it's Palpatine's tenth clone, and he calls himself Palpatine. <laughs> oh, so it's like Palpa one, Palpa two, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Palpatine. I like that. You know, because in Rise of Skywalker, they had we they showed us the jar full of Snokes, so you know that he had a bunch of tries. Also, Ray's dad dad was a strand cast, uh, failed non force sensitive clone of of Palpatine. So, uh, like you know, he's had a bunch of tries. So then he meets Palpatine. It's not the final Palpatine, the one we see in. in... Yeah, the one with the the crunchy no fingers. And yeah, the, the little the, bones the... sticking out of his little nubs. No, it's and not then, him. Yeah, in the goth makeup. Exactly. No, it's not him. It's it's Palpatine, and he's like <laughs> he's just a lot. <laughs> he's just stepping extra. out with my baby. Um, <laughs> but uh, we get a lot of we get a lot of fun uh, business on the surface of the planet. I thought um, before we get that aforementioned scene you were talking about, where Jason uh, hears lightsabers on the waves. Um. And of course, they, between those two scenes, we are we go back to Ahsoka and Anakin, and they have a lot more dialogue. Uh, for whatever reason, in the previous episode, episode four, the deep fake really bothered me, but in this episode, I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to notice because you know it's like I mean, dude's a little bit older. I mean, he still looks the same, but he's got, he's got, he's got some age lines on him. So definitely if you put him in that revenge of the Sith outfit, people are like, Ooh, Anakin got old. Uh, but yeah, the, the first initial one, I was like, Ooh, Ooh, is this the soap opera effect? Second time around, I was like, uh, just going to deal with it because I was like, more than likely it's going to keep changing through this episode and sure as hell it did. So it was just like, yeah, just get used to it. It just has that kind of soap opera, ethereal type of look. Yeah. The, the thing that I, I want to start getting out there though, and peripherating about stuff like deep fakes and things, you know, where they're like de-aging actors and, you know, in certain instances they make actors look really young and, you know, they spend a lot of money on it and stuff is it's, how do I put it? It's not going to always be that good, especially in TV shows. So just, just, just get over yourselves, people. Stop complaining about it. Except if it's really bad, just let it happen. Because yeah, for for TV budgets, it looks great. Yeah, it looks fine. Like I mean, but also though, don't go this other route. Don't pull a flash director and, and apologist on online which they're like oh they uh, purposely make it look bad so it looks off um so that way it's kind of unsettling i'm like no they don't no they're not doing that because if that was the case they would have added extra shadows and other things to his face to make his visage look even you know even more twisted no it's just they did what they did within the time they were allotted to do that is it if yeah. they would have spent more, it could have looked even more natural, but I don't, I don't, I don't care. That's, you know, that's not my main focus. That's not taking me away from this story, especially this one. And like this newfound relationship with 
Darth Vader and his Padawan, you know, and that all, or excuse me, Anakin and his Padawan and the fact that you added more depth to the Anakin character because of it. But yeah. Yeah. And I, you get, well, this episode serves two purposes, two purposes. And it sort of like completes the journey that Obi-Wan started, which is to say that a lot of people gave Hayden Christensen crap for his performance in the, the prequels. And it is a weird performance. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, but I think anyone who saw him in anything else was like, this guy can act. What, what happened here? Um, and I think that every time that we see him in reprising this role in these new formats, it's just like, oh, shit. He's like, it's just like every single time he's on screen, he's just, he's just vindicating this character. He's vindicating his performance. And he's showing us that in the hands of a director who really cares about teasing the best performances out of their actors, which is clearly the case here, um, with, uh, Filoni is that, you get like he is a, a, a phenomenal Anakin, and it is there's two sides to the coin. One side is that I'm so stoked that I get to see it because I was rooting for him so much. Um, you know, when I heard he was cast, and then when I saw the trailer for the Clone Wars, um, so it, it is sort of like it's rehabilitating that version of the character and giving. Uh, me specifically, and I think fans in general, what the type of Anakin that they've always wanted, mm-hmm. but only was ever hinted at in the movies. Um, but also, it makes me really sad. The other side of the coin is that it makes me really sad because this isn't the performance that we got in those movies. And no matter how much like scaffolding that the Clone Wars and Rebels and this show have like built around the prequels, those movies still exist as they are. Yeah. Um, and so every time I see this, I'm like both at one point, I'm just like, yes, finally, this is what I was really looking for in those prequel movies. And at the same time, it's like, if I go back and watch those prequel movies, I'm not going to get that. Nope. Um, that's, so that's, yeah. Bittersweet. Like, yeah. It's kind of bittersweet. I'm, I'm happy he's getting his, like, you know, his, his, his roses now. You know, at, at least, you know, not a lot of people get that opportunity. You know, it's sure. kind of like one and done and then that's it. Like, you know, Jake Lloyd isn't getting any of this. Yeah. The, some of that's on Jake Lloyd. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. But what I'm saying is like there are other actors who have had, you know, something where like this is the role that defines them, unfortunately. And, it you know, it's not due to the capabilities, but it's just like they're always labeled as, you know, like, oh, well, he's he's. Anakin Skywalker, you know what yeah, I mean? They're, like they're, they're pigeonholed, they're typecast. Exactly. When he has depth, if you give him depth, and you know, fortunately for him, also though, right? He had the Clone Wars version of Anakin, which to me is the the more this might be sacrilegious, the more definitive version of Anakin, because it it makes everything that it it bridges the points between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and makes that. Revenge of the Sith make more sense to me um, yeah. through the loss and everything. And the fact that, you know, Hayden Christensen's able to take the work that was done, I think it was, uh, I'm blanking on the dude's name right now, but take the work from him and then bring that over with his own characterization as well, 
we're getting, you know, a well-rounded live action version of Anakin that, you know, we, we kind of wanted to see, you know, versus what we initially got. So at least we're getting something that's kind of making up for that. Yeah, the, the name you're searching for is Matt Lanter. Lanter. Yeah, see, I almost said, I knew the first name was Matt, but I always was like, was it like Dillard or Lillard or something? And I was just like, no, let's not. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Lillard? Yeah. From, uh, from Scream and Scooby-Doo fame? Yeah, that's why I knew it wasn't right, but I knew the first Ahsoka. name was Ahsoka! Oh my God, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Get a little woozy here. I mean, like, this, um, is a, this is a bold take. Okay, Filoni, I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're making commentary on how this four shit is bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I thought that was that. Now that you bring that up, I think that's like a really interesting part of this episode. It's seeing Hayden Christensen do sort of a combination of his performance and Matt Lantern's Lanter's appoint uh performance. Um, especially in those flashback scenes. It's just a delight. One, it was a delight to see uh, young Ahsoka, very yeah. ably played by Ariana Greenblatt from uh, of Barbie fame. And, um, and young Gamora. Of course, young Gamora, that <laughs> role that everyone remembers her from. Uh, got a great face for, uh, for putting makeup on, weirdly enough. Both of those characters look very much like their older counterparts, uh... Um, just interesting. Then they both are heavily have crazy makeup on. Anyway, um, but just seeing young Ahsoka, seeing Anakin played by real life actors, and in the case of Anakin, the person that you have always imagined when you've seen this character on Clone Wars, wearing the same outfit, saying snips, like this is just like yes. Everything about it was just like, this is like the greatest kind of fan service. I'm like, this is stuff I've always wanted to see. I've always wondered about because of course, Ahsoka is a creation that has only existed in the Clone Wars up until this point and is, they are never mentioned in the movies. And so up until this point in Canon, it's kind of seemed like a weird addition that would, would be very meaningful for Anakin to point out, but he never does. Right. Um, at any point during episode three, obviously the, the reason for that is that the character didn't exist until post episode three, but still this is like retroactively making everything fit together, like just a beautiful puzzle. And it was such a delight. Uh, the flashback, you know, Ahsoka's in the, the world between worlds and Anakin insists that this is his opportunity to finish her training and so, of course, what would Anakin do? One of the greatest uh, Jedi combatants of all time. Uh, he's going to fight. And uh, and so the very first flashback scene we get, sort of, uh, that is, um, uh, is, is my favorite Clone Wars uh, locations. Not locations specifically, but just location in that, like, my favorite shot of Attack of the Clones is when all the clone troopers are in a bunch of dust and they're firing their blue uh, blasters. Mm-hmm. And so to to have this, of course, this is, is by the hints that they give us, this is the uh, the battle from Season 1, Episode 19, Storm Over Ryloth. Um, from the Clone Wars that they're that they are flashing back to, um, yeah. but 
to see that dusty Clone Wars action was just like, yes, this is this is great. This is my favorite part. From this reminds me, I should say, of my favorite part from the uh, Attack of the Clones. I, I'm with you. The the dust, the the fire in the backgrounds. It gave it a real wartime feel, which oddly enough we never got between just Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. Definitely in Clone Wars, but uh, I'm going to show you. I'm going to tell you what kind of a nerd I was is I knew they were on Ryloth not because of the Clone Wars episode is because many moons ago when I was a QA tester I worked on Clone Wars Republic Hero mm-hmm. Re- Republic Heroes and that is the starting location is Ryloth oh, and really? it was all yeah it's, it kind of because it kind of bridges the gap between those the the latter half of those um, stories um, of the Clone Wars season. So that that was actually my first introduction to Clone Wars, my first introduction to Ahsoka. And at the time, I could not stand her, um, but mainly because of all the bugs we would encounter, which would break the voices. <laughs> so like she, I remember her going, that's one big tinny, 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 tinny. <laughs> And then depending on where other people in the room got to, you would hear tinny, 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 tinny. So I was just really annoyed, but I played that game so much that like when I saw the desertiness and I saw everything, I was like, oh, it's Ryloth. And then when I was like, I saw the Twi'leks, it's like Ryloth confirmed. Thank you. Wow. Right there. And it, it, it brought me back because though that was my gateway into this expanded stuff so being able to see it live was just magical and then to your point it just the the imagery was just perfect because there wasn't enough detail gives you that kind of dream but also seems like realistically like if a dust storm was kicking up and all this and you know the the lasers and then even anakin's lightsaber as he's walking forward into like the bright light and stuff I, I I love the imagery and the shots on this, so I'm with you there. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up earlier uh, that you touched on the fact that this is a better depiction of war than we got in the Clone Wars and and Attack of the Clones, and I think that 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 is something that really struck me and struck a chord with me that ep- this episode in a way that uh, I wasn't expecting. They, in the short amount of time we spend in these flashbacks, um, or, or uh, I, I don't know, visions, I guess is what they, they are more accurately called, but the, the, even the short amount of time we spend in here, it impresses upon you the tragedy, the seriousness, and the trauma of what all these cartoon characters went through in a very... You know, it, Clone Wars was, at, at least in the early season, was sometimes serious, but in general was for kids and was fairly lighthearted. The way that they de- de- they um, portray it in Ahsoka is so visceral, and it is so, uh, it feels so tactile and real, mm-hmm. that when you watch it, you're just like, wow, this is, was a war, and it was horrible. And then you get the then you get the sense that you're that the subtext that they're trying to lay out here is no the the Jedi did not lose the Jedi were not hoodwinked 
so badly because they were lazy and arrogant and um and the number of criticisms that people have levied based on their reading of the 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 prequels uh to the jedi order that it's just never tracked with me personally no what they're saying is like the minute that the peaceful uh you know the 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 force of good and the negotiators and these like the, the this monastic order of peacekeepers the minute they decided to become generals is the the moment where they their downfall was inevitable because they embraced something that is like they embraced the horror of war and there is no one there was no one better to embody this than Anakin because he is just like a storm of, of emotions and chaos and mm-hmm. anger um, that is just barely contained and it's just barely following the tenets of the Jedi and not even following the tenets of the Jedi most of the time. And that's why he made such an amazing general because he, and he says it in this episode, he's like, yeah, well this, you know, that's when my master was, uh, a Jedi, they were different. And now it, there's war, and we have to adapt to the times. And there is something so tragic and sad and, like, real and uh, and and just affecting about that entire... That, that really hit me in a way that I was not expecting. It was really emotionally satisfying and, and like, thought-provoking, I thought. Well, I think then it did you know this whole sequence then did its job right like because it was we we got odd closure for both of these characters uh ahsoka being turned into you know a weapon effectively the stoicness her renouncing of the jedi you know after she was falsely accused of murdering someone which she didn't Mm -hmm. you know and just being disillusioned with what she was told versus what she had to do and at the same time we also got to see you know a more you know an anakin kind of trying to close that chapter for ahsoka yeah it was very touching like when she you know in, in that episode the battle over ryloth if I remember correctly, there's a scene where she's flying some jets and like her her wing, her detachment, they all die. They all get blown up because she led them wrong or made a bad choice, I forget. And that took them all out. And that has weighed heavily on the character and now you can see it. You can you can see all you know, these bad decisions or that not being there, not being right, or not being focused has kind of led her to this point. Um, you know, I mean, even in the previous episode, we saw like quote unquote dark side like behavior from Ahsoka. She force mm-hmm. chokes. Um, uh, what's her face? Shin. Shin. Yeah, force choke Shin. There's the other one where she like grabs a dude, stabs a dude in the face. Force lifts a guy into a shot, flicks him out of the way, so then, like, Sabine can deal with him. Like, so she's exhibiting, like, this boundary-pushing behavior between, like, what we would consider a a Jedi versus a dark Jedi on this instance. Mm -hmm. 
So now here we are at this part where she's just like this catharsis of talking to Anakin and wrapping it up and feeling the true horror of what that is because yeah, no, do I, do I like most of the Jedi council? No, I, I, I think they're all hypocrites and their hubris was their downfall when it just, you know, like if you just think about it in terms of like, nah, dark side's not coming here. We would know. And they had no clue. And then it was too late, but like this and the real implications that it would have for these characters is on full display. Like when she's touching that wounded soldier and he just reaches over and touches her hand and is like, that's okay. You know, that was, I, I was really moved by that point. Yeah, and I love how they show sort of, uh, even though it is adult Ahsoka inhabiting both of these younger versions of herself, uh, they show her naivete uh, during the 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 storm over Ryloth uh, callback vision, and then when they, they flash forward to the fall of Mandalore, um the uh she is like just a trained uh efficient killing machine just like she mows down uh you know these elite darth maul's elite uh mandalorian super commandos just one after the other (laughs) yeah she is a dervish of just death and destruction and when that happened I was in the, we, we were watching. I said, Filoni did not need to go this hard. <laughs> like, yeah. When I saw that, it's like, oh my God, this is, he's giving me things that I'd never in a million years. I, I just reserved myself that I'd never see this yeah. live action. And yeah, exactly. You're seeing that stoicness. You're seeing those mannerisms, you know, even with their arms kind of crossed and everything. But yeah, just this, this death machine. But then also kind of understanding that that Anakin wasn't there. Yeah, right? he's he, like his vo- fo- or force ghost shows up and and he's like, I don't recognize this battle. And then he's like, seems pretty intense. He's like very like he loves it. He loves seeing her. Like he's like you're a, a great warrior, just like I trained you to be. Yeah, versus you know like I mean he was busy turning into Darth Vader at this point. Yeah. Know, at the same time that this was happening and it, yeah no it was a great like micro sequences but exactly what i needed we exactly got to see commander cody in the flesh uh no that was rex rex right yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're commander cody is the one we are still waiting we still haven't gotten but really needs to happen i think well i mean cody uh betrayed them all so cody can suck an egg as far as i'm concerned we did cody die well you don't see him die but because he he went all order 66 though so then there must be a reckoning yeah but we got to see it this was both captain and commander rex so let's let's not get it twisted here we got okay two <laughs> we got two versions of rex thank you very much at different points and oh my god yeah just watching the uh Darth Maul, super Mandalorian trooper in live action. I was like, oh my God. See? Yeah. <laughs> this beats those podunk Mandalorians in the cave. <laughs> truly. Truly. Uh, truly. I mean, we still can't, we still can't discount the, the, the similarities between their, the spikes on their helmet and the armor. What's going on? 
Probably nothing. <laughs> Probably zero <laughs> percent. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was cool though, and just seeing her in action was incredible. And just like, I just gotta give Hayden Christensen another round of kudos because the way that he fights in this the the, the scenes, all the scenes with him included in it, is incredible. Because he's switching between all of his styles. Yep. We see Darth Vader style very clearly. Super aggressive. Like, just single moves. Conserving movement. Just giant, like, just power strikes. Uh, And then we also see Anakin's very, like, his signature flourish. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, you're, you're watching him do this, you're like... I feel like he's been practicing this stuff every day just in case. It looks like he never, it looks like they just gave him a lightsaber. He's like, yeah, okay, of course. I yeah. I know exactly, just like riding a bike, muscle memory. I know exactly what to do. Yeah, what do you want me to do? You want me to do the thing behind the thing and the thing? Okay, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. The the different styles, even, you know, even the similarities between like kind of like the Obi-Wan and him fight where he's like, bending her lightsaber over and stuff like that almost like causing her to cut herself like all the moves he did he did them all he did all his greats uh shit even a little palpatine stab the yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you learned that one from palpatine yeah palpatine yeah the palpatine stab the yeah you know (laughs) it's just like he's just like no yeah palpatine it was great to see Anakin as just a dark Jedi with his like his pale skin and and Sith eyes. Uh, it, it kind of like puts you in mind. You're like, oh, you imagine a world in which he wasn't mutilated. Um, I mean, and that's burned what, to a crisp. That's what Palpatine wanted, right? He wanted yeah. like this this hot new Jedi that just would have been great. Instead, he was this techno organic you know monstrosity that definitely struck fear but for all the you know for i guess for all the right and for all the wrong reasons and and i'm gonna tell you i did pop hard when like they showed uh him walking and then silhouette and there's darth vader for a moment yeah that was really well done in a way that it could have been super corny but just like the flat the literal flashes of vader uh in the mist was incredible and it was a great way to like because ahsoka is remembering her friend and confidant and the person who trained her um she like falls back into this familiarity and is like wants to like feel the same way about him but they keep reminding her like flashing hey remember remember this this guy did all those sorts of genocides so maybe (laughs) maybe it's like uh not so good yeah, I mean, I think this was just all about her hangups over that and the fact that, you know, she feels like she failed Anakin in, in the end because she wasn't there for him when he needed her to stop. Like, I would go on the record and think if Ahsoka was there, he doesn't turn to the darks. If she would oh, have you been mean there. like in the room? Yeah, if yeah. if. Like no if doubt. she would have been there, this he wouldn't have turned to the dark side, or he'd need a definitely a stronger reason than you know we initially got. So this yeah. all just felt like her her guilt, her last bits of hang up, you know, over this and the fact that yeah, this is this is Fly Guy or Sky Guy, excuse me, not Fly Guy. I'm thinking of living colors or something like that. Uh, this is <laughs> this is Sky Guy over here, right? But no, this is. He turned to something worse, and I fought that something worse. And there mm. was no 
redeeming him. You know, he, he was redeemed by his son. But for me, there's that moment of regret or moment of a bad decision where maybe if I would have been better about it. And I, I feel like that's what a lot of this mm-hmm. uh, sequences represented. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, there's just something about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, you certainly like part of the subtext here too is that so the Ahsoka we've seen in Rebels is sort of listless and directionless and feels like she doesn't know what she's really fighting for anymore. And I think that that part of the Anakin's training here is because he literally says it. What's my training is uh, you live or you die. And I think that that's not that's that is as simple as it sounds, but it's also saying like you can actually live, you can be a part of your life, and you can strive for something, or you can give up uh, on your ideals and and the the person that you were, and just sort of become a, a, a mercenary. And I think that that it's not only in reference to Ahsoka, but it's also in reference to to Balin. I think Balin is is like the this is what happens when you go to he's the example of what happens when you go down the path that she was headed down. Um because she was kind of a gun for hire. She was doing basically the same thing that this guy was doing uh, except that he thinks that he is doing it and in in some in the confines of some sort of moral code that he has sort of fooled himself into believing is like righteous or something. Um, and so I found that very, I found that, that simple message to, to be very layered and interesting in the context of what's happening in the show. And I think that that's proved, that's proved out by what happens next. We finally, you know, we get a make good on the, on the canon because we finally get to see the Ahsoka, the white, um, outfit, uh, when she is resurrected and, um, and so we're finally like we're in parody with the end of of rebels now just in a different way yeah a different way a little out of order i think from when they <laughs> yeah, did it still but... a little annoying to me but uh yeah. uh but i mean that what they do show is that that outfit did exist on the ship so at some point she could have worn it <laughs> Yeah, she just well, it's like colors. So sometimes you don't you don't feel like it. Look, I'm sure Gandalf had a white robe. He just had yeah. to quote unquote die at the hands of the Balrog, be reborn, and then was like, oh, let me let me wear this white white outfit. It looks pretty. It looks pretty ball. Yeah, he didn't stop by a Sears on the way. <laughs> Sears, to middle Sears Roebuck of Mordor, Mordor. Yep. I mean, if you've been to enough Sears, it feels like you're definitely near the Eye of Sauron. Yeah, certainly the Eye of Sauron is watching you inside of a Sears. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Ben yeah. Davis khakis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I mean, uh, her being in water and being baptized and you know even her floating down with her arms you know like in a, in a cross like crucified type of thing and being reborn yeah sure was, some heavy-handed symbology <laughs> i mean a little bit but i mean it works it works and the thing that i love from this is that we now have a more complete ahsoka like this is the happiest i've seen ahsoka in a long time you know like generally the smile on her face 
She's complete. Yeah. She's complete. Yes, I think that this is like we were mentioning before with any Filoni or Filoni uh, um, production. This like justifies the the weird flat um, uh, sort of emotionless Ahsoka that we we are not familiar with. It doesn't feel like it tracks with the character as we know it. He's showing us, yeah, that yeah, she's had. You know, she's basically sunk into a deep depression, and and this sort of transcendent, almost uh, religious experience has has uh, reframed her the way that she looks at life. I will say one thing that I loved from right before this scene is that we get a uh, we get a little Leia name drop. Yep. Bing, 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 Leia. Right. That's right. Senator Organa. Uh, which we gotta assume is Leia. Space Jimmy Smith is for sure dead. <laughs> um, yeah, he got space blown up. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's gone. Uh, but um, that I thought that was really great because this also like adds context to the sequels, right? Because we're like, oh, this is back. This is before she left the Senate to become to to reclaim her. T- you know her role as a, a leader in a rebellion or a resistance in this case. Well, just kind of, you know, see, like, I mean, that's the other seeds that have been really planted was that the Republic, the new Republic just thought that was it, that, you know, their hubris as well. It's, well, it's, it's something that would allow the creation of a, you know, the first order that kind of take place. So, is it hubris in the New Republic's case? Because the the goal the what they the task that is set out before them is nigh impossible to achieve. Uh, sure, but re-education centers thinking that's enough, you know, to convert some of these die-hard loyalists, taking everyone on their word, not. You know, I, I understand resources and those being stretched them thin, but for sure there's something to be saying, we won, this isn't going to happen again. And that that's the hubris that I kind of am talking to. Because, like, look, I'm on Mothma. I understand what Hera did before this, you know, the start of the, you know, the you know the, the, the rebellion and all that stuff. I understand how instrumental she is. Like, and they're just kind of peacekeeping. I'd be like, yeah, go do what you got to do. It says like, no, you got to bring the thing right back right here, right now. And like, there's a haughtiness to it. It's almost like the empire, like everyone that we get, most representatives from the new Republic have like this air of arrogance, almost like the empire, like the people in the empire did. It's just under the guise of being more inclusive or you know however you want to view it but uh, yeah i'm going hubris and granted what you're saying is correct it it's would just you're impossible I, to, to eradicate them but like what they did didn't seem like it was the right thing to do it's true but i think in when you're trying to be a like a democratic and just society a lot of times like you have to assume good intent where there isn't one um so to me it, it's not so much hubris as maybe just like being naive and uh being like just biting off more than you could chew because 
They took a tyrannical empire that ruled over the whole galaxy with an iron fist, um, and they eliminated them all in like one fell swoop. And then they installed a like functioning, healthy system of democracy that then was like because it's not tyrannical, because it's not involved in everyone's lives and, and like has like spies everywhere and is putting down like any sort of dissension where it occurs. Like it has to function on these principles of assumed good intent. So I think it to me it's just like they had good intent, they had an impossible task in front of them, and they were destined to fail only because there's just like it's too big of a job. I I I will give you half of that. For me the the one thing that I that I kind of put it at pause is the fact that Mon Mothma actually got to see how Palpatine rose to power, right? Sure. Like, and understand the, the level of machinations that this individual was able to create and the, the chaos that was caused from it to think that that would go so quietly or so easily. That is a naivety. That's something where you're like, no, I'm putting all these suckers into, you know, in every prison, they're going to be breaking rocks. Yeah. I don't care if they're resentful, but like, I can't have any of these grand, you know, like these grand admirals and these moths rolling around that, that would be my, oh no, this is my edict. We're finding every one of these warlords. We're taking them all out. Like, you know, that is what we're doing first to ensure more peace. Does that beget peace? Probably not, but obviously from the way they were doing things, that was just a matter of time while well, all they did was just conspire and they just kind of acquiesced to it. That's, that's the vibe that I'm getting from this. But I, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you with the fact that it's not something that you like, Oh yeah, we, we came into power and then yeah, everything's good and solved for. Yeah. And, or like they, the other side is they're the new empire and they, they round up every person they think did a bad thing and then they jail them. That sounds uh, good. They should have done that. Yeah, it would have been effective, right? But that is, these are the tools of 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 uh, tyranny, and for better or for worse, probably for better, uh, like societies that are run in in this way can't function that way, and so they don't have the luxury. Luxury sounds like such a weird way to put it, but they don't have the option uh, of being like, okay. Well, we'll do this one tyrannical thing, but oh, after that, I swear it's over. I promise. Scout's look, honor. Yeah, I hear you. Like, I mean, look, I would not like to resort to it, but like when you're, oh yeah, here's a, a important shipyard that is literally deconstructing this stuff, and you have four imperial sympathizers working here, and they actively scream for the empire. Like, maybe try to do a little something more about it, or maybe. Take a look at your rehabilitation centers and try to figure yeah, out that is, or like, you know, put them in job <laughs> core. Don't put them on something important. Like, okay, you're hey, cool. <laughs> we want you back. You're a uh, sanitation, but you don't deal with any of the droids or anything. Here's this thing called a broom and a porter. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a fair point. I think to me that all can be explained away by them being like, to, like, oh, oh, crap. Oh my God. I got so many things to do today. Oh crap! Okay, listen. We need ships. How about uh, 
we and we don't have the time. The, the old the, the guy on the, the, who made all the Moncal cruisers he died, so we have to to work. We have to depend on somebody else to get our raw materials. Listen, are you are you cool? Did, are you like Empire's gone? Are you going to be cool with us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. He can do it. I just don't want to think about it anymore. Like, I think once bureaucracy gets involved, like you just things move slow. Bad decisions are made for the ease of the person making the decision, and that's just life, baby. <laughs> I don't know. No, anyway, I, I know. I think that's fair. You know, and I and I think in the grand scheme of things, we'll see how that plays out. But in 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 this one, I was at least thankful that we got to see a like like a, a, a you know Ahsoka the White, for lack of a better term. Yeah, um, I mean, everyone's calling her that. It, <laughs> she was wearing a gray robe before, and it's like the the com- comparison to Lord of the Rings, I think, is apt and accurate, uh, and. I, I, yeah, he loves Lord of the Rings too, so it's it's. I'm not surprised at, yeah. at all, but it's a, it's a little 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 too on the nose, I guess. Balin, Balrog, I don't know, um, but uh, yeah, the rest of the episode, we the rest of the episode kind of really hits the brakes, and we just get like a bunch of really slow, um, uh, loving shots of Pergil and um. Because, of course, I think, did you call this out? I forget who uh, brought this up. But, like, yeah, she just rides a pergill. Yep. (laughs) And really what I thought in that moment was, why didn't everyone do this? I I think you needed that level of of connection. I don't think a pergill is just going to be like, go ahead and sit in my mouth type of thing. I I don't think that's reserved for everyone. That's maybe a good they point. maybe they used to be that way, and then they saw how people were, and they're like, oh, "We're gonna wait to see if you're kind of cool." Then go to so it's like, "Man, your ship's cool. You got a cool robot, uh, and, and look good in that white outfit." All right, come aboard. You know that All type right. of thing. Yeah, you yeah. can sit on my tongue. It's fine. Yeah. Um, that sounded so dirty. Uh, <laughs> your ship can be in my mouth. Uh, yeah. Never mind. No, 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 um, no clean way of doing that one. <laughs> But uh, yeah, then we uh, we leave uh, Harris Dula and, and um, uh, Jason and uh, all the the fun rebels. Uh, by the way, have to say uh, Carson, Captain Carson, great episode for Captain Carson. His yeah. his entire shtick where he goes and and does like it tries to block three humongous carriers that the Republic, the New Republic, has sent. To bring Hera in for some reason, uh, I don't know why they needed. Like, it it uh, was aggressive. It was it just was like very could, aggressive. Could you have used those ships like doing the thing you wanted them to do, and then just like let her do her thing on her own ship? Because it yeah. wasn't like it wasn't like she even brought all those ships with her to come here. She just brought some X wings and the ghost. It, it was it's it, bureaucracy at its worst. A little bit of an overkill, um, yeah. I, but uh, Carson, Captain Carson's uh, the whole spiel where he's just like uh, stalling for time. I thought it was uh, terrific. My I, my favorite line delivery of his was when uh, Huang tells him he's like, "Oh, you know, he has special abilities because his father was a Jedi," and his and Carson's delivery was like, 
Okay. Yep. <laughs> like, what do I do Great info, bud. Uh, like a bit anyway. It's a bit exasperated. Bit, like he's getting worried that he's going to get fired. He won't ever be able to fly around in one of the coolest starfighters ever designed in sci-fi or any of this shit. So it's just like, okay. <laughs> like, okay, let's move this along. Can we hurry this up now? I really enjoyed that from him. Yeah, this is... This was a this was a great episode. It was a long episode. Yeah. Um. But you know, minutes if I remember correctly. Yeah, but it, it just offered it offered a lot. Like it was it, like like I said a little earlier. There's no reason for Filoni to go this hard, but he did it. Yeah. It is. It, it was a wildly memorable episode of television um it really it, it just was it had subtle um rewarding fan service and just like dynamite performances throughout it's always great to see hayden christensen be anakin again give an opportunity get another crack at it um and just build out the texture of what was a fairly one-dimensional character the first time through um and this was no exception just fantastic stuff Oh, I burped. Um, that's how much it means to me. But um, yeah, great episode. I'm on board. Episodes, like you said, episodes three and four brought me back in. I was a little wary after episodes one and two, but now I'm back in. And uh, I kind of cannot wait to see what they do next. Like, literally, I, I am. Tomorrow at 6, at 6 p.m., I will be there with my finest clothes, <laughs> my, my, my finery uh adorned in my finery um for this momentous occasion of the episode six and then after that only two more episodes until it is all over and uh as with all things that we're talking about that are new there's only one thing that's going to get us more of this stuff in a timely manner and that is if the studios uh you know come to their senses and pay their writers and actors Fairly. Um, uh, and yeah, just want to put that out there. We support the strike. Mm-hmm. This is a reasonable ask. Um, and uh, I hope that they get what they're asking for because this, uh, I think there can be, there can be the thought or at least the feeling. And I think some people have, I've seen this there, you know, we're not about celebrity gossip on this show but man uh if you've been following anything at all you know drew barrymore is in a little bit of hot water for uh wanting to bring her talk show back while the strike is still ongoing and her reasoning is that there are more people that work on that show than just the actors or just writers truly because it's a talk show so there's not really an acting component um and um and while I think you can take a 10,000-foot view and understand the logic there, it doesn't make sense because uh, everyone benefits when the studio is married, made to be more equitable to the people who make the things that make them money. Um, and, uh, and so I think... Uh, yeah, I just want to put that out there. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about it. It means a lot to me. As a creative myself, you think a lot about the amount of yourself that you put into your work every day. Yep. And um, 
you know, there's a lot of profits. There's a lot of money rolling around. And that's not something that you get to <laughs> take part in. Exactly. I mean, if, if Drew Barrymore wanted the help, take her, I think, estimated net worth of $200 million, pay your staff salary and yeah. join the picket line and understand that unions are there to protect people and workers' rights and to make sure that things are fairer, I guess, in this grand scheme of things. So, yeah, stop the work pay for it don't don't submit get them to do it get the you know the different production companies and the the, the studios to pay their fair share this is ridiculous because if we yeah. do anything other than this then it's only ever downhill from here and absolutely and and the what the what would benefit the the folks that are making all this money is if we keep blaming you know arguing amongst ourselves and trying to point blame uh, around but the truth is that, that there is no blame to go around these are not greedy asks these are not absorbent asks by a bunch of unreasonable folks um you know we're just trying to all make it make our way and uh and it sucks when you feel like that you are doing the thing that you love and you're contributing so much of yourself and your own creativity, which is truly a part of you. And um, it doesn't result in you being able to live a comfortable life, working as hard as you possibly can, and it doesn't mean anything. And that just doesn't seem right. Exactly. Here, here. Anyway, not to end on a serious note, we both love the episode. Can't wait to find out uh, what happens next. And, you know, we won't be... Listen, unless there's a, the next episode is just a complete... Unless... Okay, here, I'll make this I'll make this promise to you all out there. If the next episode has either Mara Jade or Talon Card in it... <laughs> Fair. Then we will do another episode about this show. Uh, otherwise, you will hear from us at the very end of the series and we'll wrap it all up. Um, and talk about it then, but you'll have to wait. You heard it here. We'll see if this changes. Yep. <laughs> it could be. If you see talent card on your screen, expect more Ahsoka next week. Uh, that's just how it goes. Um, but if not, then we have uh, lots of exciting stuff coming uh, to you, as always, from the Great Minds at Popsaka Studios. <laughs> Uh, but that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we sure hope you enjoyed this episode. We sure as heck enjoyed making it for you. So let's roll on into the end credits, the outro, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and thank who the person who really deserves all the, the plaudits and kudos that one can heap on him. Um, Burton M six for the incredible music on our show. You can find a link to contact Burton M6 in our show notes. Um, and so if you need, uh, if you are thinking you might need his services, you do because he does great work. Um, and the other links in there are all our socials. You can get in touch with us uh, by going on those and following us and being a part of our um of that experience, even though, you know, it's, it's maybe a little one-sided, but if you want it, do you want it to be a two-way street? You can do that too. 
there is a link to join our Discord server. It's easy, it's free, and uh, you get to talk to us all the time. And uh, if you're wondering about what we thought about Ahsoka between now and um, the next episode, that's where you do it. Uh, lots of fun Pop Saga pals in there and that, uh, and that you can come enjoy the exciting conversations that we have within the Pop Saga Discord. Um, and as we say at the end of every show, we hope that wherever you are, however you choose to listen to us, that you are feeling happy and healthy. And if you're not, that's fine too. But without further ado, I'm going to throw it over to John for the last word. Remember, folks, that's one big tinny, 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 tinny. Hey, thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Delhi City. <laughs> you want the hype? I got you. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go. 